You are Locked On Sooners, your daily Oklahoma Sooners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the G Family Performance Center in Edmond, Oklahoma, welcome to another episode of the Locked On Sooners podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G. Thanking you so much for making us a part of your Christmas Eve. Hope you are having a good Christmas Eve. And coming up today on the Locked On Sooners podcast, we will be talking about Hollywood Brown. We will give you an update on him and let you know what his status is for the upcoming Orange Bowl. And this, of course, being the week that OU takes on Alabama in the college football playoff, that's where most of our focus will be. We'll try and squeeze in a little basketball talk because the OU men's team has done so well. Maybe even get into a little recruiting talk and what's going on with 2020. But for the most part, it is all about OU Alabama this week. And I will even give you my game plan for OU as far as how they should attack Alabama and what I want to see out of Lincoln Riley this year in the college football semifinal as opposed to what we got last year in the college football semifinal. We will talk some college football free agency because there are a couple of guys that OU recruited. Both of them ended up in Texas, Cam Rising and Casey Thompson. Both of them have entered the transfer portal, which if you don't know how many kids, I meant to talk about this on the last podcast and didn't get to it, but if you don't know how many kids are in the transfer portal, it might blow your mind. Actually, it might not. If you follow recruiting, it probably won't exactly get you off guard at all. I didn't touch on that in the last podcast, so I will touch on that today. And then in segment three, we're going to talk about who has the better program overall. Is it Alabama or is it Oklahoma? Two of college football's blue bloods. And a lot of people might argue that these are the top two programs in college football. At worst, two of the top three programs in college football, depending on where you want to fit USC into that argument and that discussion. All that coming up today on the Locked On Sooners and a quick programming note. No podcast tomorrow since it's Christmas and yes I do know that it is semi-final week but I figure I would do my best to make this podcast available to you so if you wanted to listen to it via on Christmas Eve you could um, with amongst all the plans you have for church family whatever and then tomorrow I know that uh, you might be traveling long distances, so you'll have an opportunity to listen to this podcast as part of the distance you're traveling between wherever you're going to, wherever the other destination is, and hopefully I can just make it make it so it you'll be like, hey man, that information is still good yesterday, today. But if, I will say this, if something big were to happen, if there were to be some big news come out later today, or even on Christmas, that would be worth us coming back and doing a a total show for we definitely do it. We want we want to do our best to serve you. But uh, we thank you so much for listening to this. Let me give you a quick introduction. My name is Eric G. I work for 1340 the game at Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. I also work for News Radio 1000 KTOK. I'm the co-host of Game Day Saturday or Saturday Game Day with Randy Renner. That airs at 5 a.m. on News Radio 1000 KTOK and then again at 9 a.m. on 1340 the game on Saturdays, and I also run a website called Sooner Maven, and you can get that at collegesports.io slash Oklahoma, that's Sooner Maven. Check out the video, check out the audio that we have, the discussions, everything else going on 
That's collegesportsmaven.io slash Oklahoma. It is the Sooner Maven website. The latest on Hollywood Brown is this, according to 24-7 Sports, because we like to give credit where credit is due here on the Locked On Sooners podcast, is that Hollywood Brown, in parentheses, and maybe all caps, I can't remember, is doing some very light running and preparing as if he will play against Alabama in the Orange Bowl on Saturday. We were told a couple of weeks ago, or at least there there was a report that was out a couple of weeks ago that Hollywood Brown might be close to 100% by the time that the Orange Bowl was ready to be played. Lincoln Riley is obviously not going to tip his cap through this. We are not going to know when Hollywood Brown is playing or isn't playing until the day of the game. And you may not even know up until the time that OU goes out onto the field offensively and you see him lined up. That may be the first sign that you get that he's playing or he's not playing for OU. It's hard for me to imagine a guy who is playing possibly his last game at OU would be on the sideline for the college football playoff and not have an opportunity to show scouts that A, even not at 100% what he's able to do and what he's able to accomplish. And B, I just believe that there's the desire for everybody that played at OU last year and knew that they had Georgia beat to not want to go out and try and right all the wrongs from a season ago and get back on the field and try and beat Alabama. I got to believe he's going to play. I got to believe Tua Tagovailoa is going to play and that what you will see are two of the best players in college football on that field, amongst probably maybe the three of the most exciting players in college football on that field, and two of them just happen to be at OU. As far as the game itself goes, and I I will tell you that I am getting more nervous about this game as the days goes along. As, As we get a little bit closer to the Orange Bowl, I'm just a bit more nervous about what the game plan is going to be. And the one thing that should not happen this year is Lincoln Riley shouldn't go conservative and take the ball out of Kyler Murray's hands the way that he did with Baker Mayfield. I don't think he'll do that. I don't think if you see OU go into a go into halftime with a lead on Saturday, you'll see Lincoln Riley completely shut it down and then just go to rely on the run game of Kennedy Brooks and and Trey Sermon. I don't see that. With with Alabama, you're going to have to keep pouring it on. And the defense played played about as good as it could play last year in the first half of the game and then fell apart in the second half of the game. But I think Lincoln Riley has learned, A, not only from that mistake, that, that you can't be conservative and get tight and just try and sit on the ball for as much as oh you can sit on the ball for the second half and be a championship team. But more importantly, he's learned not to trust this defense. Lincoln Riley knows better than to trust this defense. And even if for some reason Alabama has only scored, let's just throw a random number out there, 13 points at the end of the first half, you can't think that that's going to hold up. You have a feeling Mike Loxley and that crew will figure out a way to adjust and make themselves successful. And more importantly, I think OU's defense has shown that you can't rely on them to be what, from one half to the next, you really can't rely on them to be very good. And you're still playing against one of the best teams in college football. So you have to make sure that 
you're pulling out all the stops for this game. And I would rather see Lincoln Riley pull out all the stops, everything that he's got in his arsenal, um, be it trick plays, whatever, and fail versus go conservative in, in an attempt to win this game because you think you're going to keep Alabama's offense off the field because that's just that's not going to be the case. You've got to be you. And when you by by doing what you did to Lincoln Riley or what what Lincoln Riley did to Baker Mayfield this last college football playoffs this last semifinal game in the Rose Bowl is OU ceased to be themselves. You just have to be who you are. You have to win with who you are. And if it's not good enough to win, it's just not good enough to win. But now's not the time to try and reinvent the wheel. And that's what I felt Lincoln Riley did last year was he tried to reinvent the wheel. At halftime of the game, he took a look. He took a look at the situation, thought, "Hey, we're in really good shape to win. Let's not go out and jeopardize it." In a sense, he coached the old saying, the old cliche. He coached not to lose that game. He did not coach to win, and you can't do that with this Alabama team. You have to coach to win. You have to constantly keep them back on their keels, or else you're screwed. You're selling yourself short. You're selling your team short. And if there was anyone to blame about last year's game, if I could point to one person, and I know a lot of people want to point to Mike Stoops, that game was Lincoln Riley's fault. It was more Lincoln Riley's fault than it was Mike Stoops' fault because you had it in hand. And if you just kept doing what you were doing, Georgia really didn't have an answer for you. They showed that. And if Alabama shows that they have no answer for what you're doing, then keep doing it until they show they have an answer and then do it one more time to make sure that it's not a mistake and then work on your adjustments after that. And quite frankly, I don't think Alabama is going to have any sort of answer for what OU does offensively. I don't know how you can. Even, Even with you having one of the best, most physical defenses in all of the country, when you're not facing this week in, week out, it's so it's just so hard to adjust to on the fly. I don't think you can adjust to it on the fly. I think no matter how much film you see on Oklahoma, no matter how many different people you talk to about how to play them, they're one of those teams that you have to go out and play in order how you're going to have to figure out how to beat him. You're going to have a better answer that second go around than you are that first go around. Unless, of course, you're Texas, and then you're just not going to have an answer at all. This is the Locked on Sooners podcast. I am Eric G. Coming up next on Locked on Sooners, we'll talk about the whole college football free agency period that is upon us now and is a part of the future, and who is going to be the most successful at getting these college football free agents. We'll talk about that next here on the Locked on Sooners podcast. If you're not a slinger, now is the perfect time because you're right around the holidays. You probably spent a lot of money on gifts and you're thinking to yourself, my gosh, man, look at this. Look at this cable bill that I've got. I've got the electric bill from the lights. I've got to deal with, you know, all the credit card payments from all the great gifts that I went out and I bought my wife and my kids. So how do I cut back on some expenses and save myself a little cash? Well, take a look at that cable bill and nix it. Go with Sling TV. And for seven days, you can get a free trial courtesy of the Locked On Podcast Network. And all you got to do is go to sling.com slash locked on. That's sling.com slash locked on. They'll give you the seven-day free trial. You're still going to have access, if not more access, 
to all the sports that you want to watch. ESPN, Major League Baseball, the Pac-12, SEC. It's all right there on Sling TV. And you can get it for about $30 a month. So you're not paying for what you don't watch. Make those necessary sacrifices. You've got New Year's resolutions coming up. Hey, make that New Year's resolution resolution to be a slinger. Again, sling.com slash locked on and become a slinger today and get that seven-day free trial. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You're listening to the Locked On Sooners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We also have another podcast called Locked On Thunder. If you're down with the NBA and if you, hey, want other college sports, we've got Locked On Bama, which would be good to listen to right up before the game. Locked On LSU with Matt Moscona is great. And considering what's going on down at LSU, that might be a fascinating podcast to listen to. And it's real easy to do so. All you have to do is go to your smart speaker and say, hey, Google, play Locked On LSU podcast. And it will. Or Alexa, Play the Locked On Sooners podcast. So, well, we also have Locked On Aggies. We're pretty well stocked. And if you'd like to see a full menu of what we have, just go to LockedOnPodcast.com. That's LockedOnPodcast.com. And you can subscribe to every podcast there as well. There's also iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A couple of kids that OU recruited have put their name into the transfer portal, one of them being quarterback Cameron Rising, the other one being quarterback Casey Thompson. Both of these kids, one out of California being Rising, Rising. Thompson being a local kid playing at Southmore and then going down to Newcastle to finish out his career. Both have put their name in the transfer portal to explore their options and see if there might be a better place where they have an opportunity to play. And one of the reasons they're doing this is, well, one, there's each other. They're going to have to battle each other out. You've got Sam Ellinger, who still has two more years of eligibility for Texas, and he seems to be loved by that staff. And my favorite, look, I know what you think of him because you're an OU fan. Ellinger, my favorite player in the Big 12, just because he's just he's just incredibly gritty. Um, and a lot of times with quarterbacks, you don't have the grit that you do with a Sam Ellinger. Baker Mayfield did. Baker Mayfield. When Mayfield left, Ellinger became my favorite player in the Big 12. But you've got those two, and then Texas just signed another four-star kid who's supposed to be uh, all-around athlete-type quarterbacks. And now somebody's gonna. somebody obviously has to lose out. Even if you're prepared to sit for a couple of years and learn from the guy in front of you, eventually you may lose out to somebody younger or somebody that came in in your class. So it only benefits both Cam Rising 
and Casey Thompson to see what's out there. And could OU be players for both of them? I don't see why not. OU obviously wanted them a couple of years ago, and I don't think that that necessarily changes. I don't know if they're necessarily good fits for OU because OU's bringing in Spencer Rattler. And do you feel like you've got a better opportunity to start over him? Do you feel like you've got a better opportunity to, to start after Austin Kendall leaves? There's a lot of questions for these guys to answer. And ultimately, what you are seeing in college football is a free agency period started. Mike Gundy, at his press conference, said there's probably about 1,200 kids who have already gone into the transfer portal. I I first heard that number, and it didn't shock me as much as it shocked the person that was telling me about it. It's like, wow, there's really 1,200. It's like, no, that makes sense. And I've not seen the percentages to know how it breaks down as far as what position they are, but there has to be a good amount of quarterbacks in there. But when you go to college, you want to play. And you only have so many years to get that chance to play. And if you're not going to do it at the school you're at, then you might as well seek seek refuge someplace else. Find a coach, find a program that could use you and give you an opportunity to come show your skills, especially if you're looking to go to the NFL. And it's one thing to not play as a freshman. And honestly, if you start the if you start as a freshman, game one as a freshman, the numbers are not in your favor. This is according to Forbes. And since 2008, there have been there have been only 15 true freshmen to start at Power 5 schools since 2008. Their record overall is 87 and 101. And the 10 highest paid players that are in the NFL that are quarterbacks, and there are, I think there are 28 NFL quarterbacks that are on rookie contracts. Of the highest paids, only 10 of them started as a freshman. And essentially what this article says is that if you want to be successful as a college quarterback, you want to have the opportunity to go to the NFL and be successful, then you're better off coming in as a backup, waiting a couple of years, and maybe only playing two or three years, depending on how the red shirt works out. But still, you've got to get on the field. And you could be a really good athlete, a really good quarterback, and just not get on the field at your program because you're not a right fit for the system. Maybe you're not getting along with your coach. Maybe the guy in front of you is just that much better. So Cam Rising, Casey Thompson, yes, explore your options. Justin Field, go out, explore your options. And the most successful programs in college football over the next 20 years, watch how they manage this free agency period. Watch how they manage transfer kids, no matter what the position is and how they recruit them and get them to come to their school. Because you're going to have to play it sort of like the Yankees played Major League Baseball for a long time, which is it's all right to let somebody else develop them. If you can get them when they're a little bit more of a finished product, then maybe they can come help you. And of course, you're helping them because you're giving them the opportunity to play. And OU is going to be one of the most successful at this. Maybe the most successful. This is where Lincoln Riley has an edge over just about everybody else in college football because right now he's the best recruiter. He's the best salesman. He's young. He's energetic. He got a lot of kids to flip on National Signing Day, the first National Signing Day, there's still more to come. And I can only imagine that if he's talking to a kid playing, he can sell you on the idea of coming to OU. 
And he's going to get his fair share of quarterbacks. If you're a quarterback, Lincoln Riley, you want to play for him because he's proven that he can develop two Heisman winners. Why not go play for Lincoln Riley? This will be one of the more... To see how all this develops over the next couple of years, especially if you see one or two schools, let's just say it's Oklahoma and Texas. Uh, pick another random school. I'm trying to think of somebody other than, than Alabama because... Or OU and USC. I would think USC would have a real good chance to be successful at this with Cliff Kingsbury out there because that's a guy that's proven that, that he can recruit. You start to see them be successful getting all these transfers and sort of cultivating a minor league system within the transfer portal. Then you will see things change because that'll upset college coaches and they'll want to know that they've got an opportunity to compete against these schools. But I'm fascinated by it, and I, I really want to see how all this works out. And I would be surprised that if one of these three quarterbacks we haven't talked, we've talked about, be it Fields, Jalen Hurts, I guess it's four now, Cam Rising, Casey Thompson, if OU didn't end up with at least one of them here in the next few weeks. This is the Locked On Sooners podcast. I am Eric G. Coming up next here on Locked On Sooners, we're going to try and talk about this all week long. Better program. Is it Bama? Is it OU? I don't know how many branches are on this tree, but there are some definite truths about both of these schools that were overlooked in a recent article I left, and we'll talk about that next here on the Locked On Sooners podcast. You're listening to the Locked On Sooners podcast. I am Eric G. We've got another episode of Locked On Thunder that should take you all the way through Christmas Day. Big goings for the Thunder, considering they've got the Houston Rockets on Christmas Day and they need to bounce back after that loss to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Hear about all that on Locked On Thunder. And all you have to do is say, Alexa, play the Locked On Thunder podcast. Or, hey, Google, play the Locked On Thunder podcast and they'll do it for you. You can subscribe at LockedOnPodcast.com. You can also subscribe at LockedOnThunder.com. And there's Apple iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Arguing over who has the better program, OU or Alabama, is sort of like arguing over Beatles versus Stones. I mean, clearly the Beatles are the better band because they had a much bigger impact in a shorter amount of time, but... If you can't be the Beatles, you you want to be the Stones. There's longevity. There's so much depth in in that library. There's just so you you can go so deep in that library. You can play concerts forever and never have to play the same set list twice. You record a beggar's banquet and let it bleed and sticky fingers and exile on Main Street and some girls and goat's head soup. I mean, come on. If you're the Stones, you're not having a bad career. It's kind of like Megadeth and Metallica. I mean, yes, clearly Metallica's better, but it ain't like Megadeth's career sucked. Anthrax, Slayer, whatever you want to say there, the big four. Um, to give you a little insight to the type of music that I like. I, I look at Alabama and OU. I would probably lean towards Alabama if you were going strictly based on legitimate championships. Because Alabama has won more legitimate championships than OU has in the polling era. And Alabama claims like, what, 20 championships? And then some of them have been like, hey, John Thomas down the street said Alabama was the best team in the nation, so we're going to give ourselves a national championship. OU has never played that way. 
It was either an AP, UPI, or BCS championship. Those are the only ones that OU has ever claimed. And for a long time, since those were the only ones OU ever acknowledged, they were number two behind Notre Dame on that list. And I think both of them have been surpassed by Alabama. I'd have to double check on that. But you've got Bear Bryant versus Bud Wilkinson. I give the edge to Bud Wilkinson over Bear Bryant. 47-game winning streak, six national championships are great. Then it comes down to who is the best player for each of these teams to come out of each of these programs. And it's not a, it's not a hard question to answer. So what I thought was kind of interesting in reading the article that I did was like, well, yeah, it's very hard to say who's the best player to come out of Alabama, who's the best player to come in. No, it's very clear. It's Derek Thomas at Alabama. It's Leroy Selman at OU. Both are NFL Hall of Famers, both are college football Hall of Famers. It's not even close. Just, just not even close. There's not even a discussion to go there. Now, maybe it, maybe Adrian Peterson and Baker Mayfield, maybe Adrian Peterson has worked his way into that conversation. Maybe ba- Baker Mayfield will work his way into that conversation. Joe Namath, no. I love Joe Namath. I love Kenny Stabler as, as well as a kid growing up as a left-handed quarterback. But Derek Thomas, he and, and Leroy Summon were both game, game changers. And just the vital impact that they had on the game of football and on every game that they went out and played is pretty much unmatched. So they're your best two players. If you go down to modern history, Bama's got it over everybody in college football, not just OU, but with Nick Saban. And people are talking about him being the greatest coach in in college football history. I would say right now, I mean, if you're just looking at it, Bama gets a slight edge. And you're really, in my opinion, now, granted, I'm biased. An OU grad, grew up an OU fan, very steeped in the OU tradition. You're talking, if you're asking me, these are the top two programs in all of college football. If you're just going by a historic measure, they're number one, Alabama. OU is number two, and it's not by a large margin. And it's one of those things where if Lincoln Riley keeps doing what he's doing, OU can definitely build to where Alabama is now, and they may be able to usurp them in a very short amount of time over these next couple of years. Number three, I would put USC. And if you want to argue that USC is one, Bama two, OU three, or Bama one, USC two, OU three, I have no problem with that. But when you start coming in with your Michigans, well, I'm going to look and say, well, what has Michigan done lately to be in that consideration? Certainly Texas isn't. That's the most underachieving program in college football history. Right next to them is going to be an LSU. Nebraska has fallen off in the last few years. Notre Dame, don't even give, don't even talk to me about Notre Dame. Because while they may be one of college football's blue bloods, I still, even seeing them in the college football playoff this year, have no reason to believe that they're going to be they're going to be any more dynastic than what they've been. Ohio State, okay. Okay, you want bringing the Buckeyes into this, things get a little interesting because, yes, they've won a national championship in the playoff era. They have maintained a level of excellence since Jim Trestle resurrected that program and it's carried on through Urban Meyer. And I believe Ohio State is the, right now, Ohio State's the only program in college football that's pretty much bulletproof that you can just kind of hand. It's it's become a turnkey operation. OU is close to being that way, but I got to see Lincoln Riley leave in order for me to put that stamp on it at 100%. Um, 
And other than that, I don't even know where you go. But those are your top three when, when you're when you're getting into this argument. It's Bama, Oklahoma, USC. Three best programs in college football history. And oh, prove me wrong. You know, tell me who you tell me who you got. You know, this is the, when I say prove me wrong, this is your invitation to go, hey, idiot. Um, here are the three teams that I have that I think are the best. You know, or think, here are the three programs that I have that I think are the best historically in college football. And some other ones have come along great, but I just I look at those three as just really the sterling example of everything you have got to live up to if you want to call yourself a true blue blood in college football. That wraps up today's show. I'm Eric G. We'll be back on Wednesday, the day after Christmas. And until then, may you and your family have a Merry Christmas. Please be safe and sound. Hopefully, God will bless you and your family, and you'll be able to have a nice Christmas with uh, no arguing with the relatives. Watch some NBA. Watch some college football. And, um, hey, everybody love everybody. And, of course, peace, love, and mercy. You are Locked On Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.